So Alfie has a tiara and a magic wand, and he also had rose petals, but like when he went upstairs, he didn't have any of those things, and where did they come from? Sabrina. Anubis, backwards. See what I did there? Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Anubis Backwards Podcast. Today, we are recapping the season one finale, House of Forever, and these two locks are called House of Hush and House of Spies. We made it, guys. We made it. Who would have thought? We made it to the season one finale. I'm very proud of us, honestly. Uh, you guys don't know this because you wouldn't have heard it yet, and I might have deleted it from my episode, but we actually recorded part two, which was my part, and part three, which was Brenna's, before we recorded part one. Yeah, so hello, us from the future? <laughs> <laughs> it's us from so- the future as a part, part, one, uh, part two is us from the past. Yeah. But then the people listening to this, it's us from the past. It's us from the past, both parts, because um happy new year, happy twenty twenty one, and happy ten years of house maneuvers, guys. Thank God it's over. We made it. The year, not house maneuvers. Not house maneuvers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm feeling thank God we finished season one, but you know. <laughs> you know. We were getting so hyped though when we were recording our parts last weekend, like well, when we recorded them, because it was like it just felt so good because it's like we made it, we're here, but we still had to record Laura's part, but now we've like really made it. We've really made it. We're on our last part, even though it's the first part of this episode. So let's get into it. We open with, as always, the iconic intro. Um, I can never remember if they upgrade the like promo photos, and I don't know if they do for all the characters or some, but I know they do for season three. But, like, I feel like this is the last time I see their baby faces, and maybe it's not. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't remember. It is. We get new pictures in season two. Yeah, I think we do get new pictures. I miss those baby faces greeting me once a week. So, this episode opens with Rufus having grabbed Nina's arm. She's screaming. Jerome tries to help Nina chase Rufus off. Rufus runs into the hall, and Victor comes running out and tries to grab Rufus. Rufus throws the elixir bottle before running out the front door. Victor shuts and locks the door. Victor tells the kids that there was an intruder, but he's gone now. Fabian says they're letting him get away. Victor tells the students to go to bed. Um, first and foremost, Fabian and Alfie were, like, just standing in the hallway watching as, like, Victor tried to, like, fight Rufus. Like, can y'all at least pretend to help him? Come on. Come on, kids. Also, Victor, (laughs) can you at least pretend you're gonna call 911? Like, you just had an intruder, but you're like... Bye guys, time to go to bed. Like, <laughs> good night. Imagine if Mick and Mara were there. Do you know how mad Mara would have been? You know, like, what? Like, also, how did they not wake up to that like much of a ruckus? <laughs> Mick and Mara do not care. They're oblivious. They can sleep through. Everything. I feel like Mara's like sick of her housemates keeping her up, so she just adapted ear earplugs. That sounds about right. And then my last note is, I need a Victor to angrily tell me to go to bed. So my comment is the first of many, many. Jarena comments in this episode, guys. Get ready. They're really climbing their way up my crack ship list. Like, Nettie is my number one crack ship, but like, Jarena's getting up there. So, in this scene, Jerome like pulls away Nina from Rufus and is trying to help her. And, like, wow, I just love them. Go, go, Jerome. You try to save her. Look at my ship go. <laughs> this is the episode of the crack ship. <laughs> It really is. So Fabian and Alfie go into the kitchen where Jerome and Nina are. Jerome hands the puzzle piece back to Nina. Jerome tells Nina he kept his side of the bargain and now she needs to keep hers and protect him from Rufus. Jerome says if they don't protect him, he'll go to the teachers and tell them everything. At this part, Jerome and Nina have like an angry face off. And whenever this happens, I ship them more. I don't really understand why. It doesn't really make any sense. But in this moment, I was like, yes, 
the enemies to lovers yeah. potential. Except we never get the lovers part, but I can dream. I said honestly fair, which I don't think was to the Jorina. I think it was just to the way Jerome was being because I'm like, he did hold up his size of the bargain. So like, arguably they should hold up theirs. Yes, I agree. Um, the next morning, Patricia says Jerome is only bluffing because he's scared of Rufus. Jerome comes in the dining room, Fabian tells him good work. Jerome is concerned because Rufus got away, and Rufus thinks Jerome still has the puzzle piece. Nina says Jerome could say Victor confiscated it. Jerome says that's when he'd be mummified alive. Jerome says that they should give the piece back to Rufus to get him off their backs once and for all. Patricia says that they're not in a better place if they give it to Rufus versus keeping them themselves. Patricia suggests Jerome call Rufus again and pretends he's on his side. Jerome says they need to try putting the pieces together. Um, Sabuna alone at breakfast check. I said little Scooby gang. I think (laughs) this is when Jerome called them a Scooby gang again. I love when Jerome calls them a Scooby gang. It's my favorite thing in my life. (laughs) Like a Scooby-Doo house when he was crossover would really be elite. I don't know how it would ever happen, but if they ever did it. Grace? Grace, right off the fact. Running in excited because she got a message on her profile on how someone blatantly wants to be her date. Amber runs out and upstairs to tell Mara. Mara asks who she thinks it is. Mara points out it's someone into ancient Egypt. Amber wonders if it's Jason. Mara says it's likely not a teacher, and then she thinks he likes Miss Robinson. Amber wonders who else is into that stuff apart from Nina. Mara says Fabian is. Amber thinks Fabian has a crush on her. Mara says everybody knows he likes Nina. Um, I just put Amber because, you know, also a chef's kiss. Chef's kiss for the Amber. I did say, um, Amber it could be. Yeah, Nina sending Amber flirty text messages with King Tut. We love to see it. Amber's really cute in this scene. Also, um, did Amber really think Jason was sending her these text messages? <laughs> like, I was like, why did they even write that line? Oh why God. did she say that? Why are we? I thought we were done with the student-teacher relationships. That was months ago. We sure do make a lot of jokes about that. Even though The writers were like, one more time. The writers were like, I hear them making jokes about it, and I serve you this. But weird for it to be Amber when he's been flirting with Patricia all season, huh? Weird for him to suddenly have a crush on Miss Robinson. I know. Like, they've literally never talked. When he's been flirting with Patricia. <laughs> I'm sorry. I... I feel like they really just did that because they were like, don't worry, he likes an adult. He doesn't like Patricia. He likes an adult. He likes an adult. <laughs> like... I, that's how I feel, too, because they literally do not talk. They talk, I think, like once. And it's about a classroom. And then suddenly... He's like asking her to the dance and she's breaking up with him, which implies that they were together in a, like an actual relationship. And I'm like, what is happening? For why? It just feels, I guess what we can, we can word it how I just had said, how it feels really weird that they're like suddenly going, oh, he likes Miss Robinson when like the only female he's really interacted with is legitimately one of his students. Yeah. They they tried to they tried to fix it, but they tried to fix it, but then mentioned him asking Amber to the dance. They should have quit while they were behind. Yeah, <laughs> really. Okay, at school, Victor is in Mister Sweet's office. Victor thinks Rufus was looking for the elixir and possibly the ink pieces. Mister Sweet says he thought Rufus already had the ink pieces. Victor says they don't know that for sure. Victor says that they know the children are part of it. Miss Andrews asks him if he's in the wrong job field. Victor says they need to find out if the kids have the Yang pieces and wonders if they're working with Rufus. Miss Andrews says he kidnapped Patricia, so it's unlikely they're working with him. Victor says they know something. And I just put, I love Mrs. Andrews. Mrs. Andrews. Yeah. I love how she straight up is like, Victor, you're in the wrong career. Like, somebody. (laughs) He's like, she's like, you hate children? I'm concerned. 
She's like, I guess. And that's when Victor's like, I didn't make this school because I like children. I made this school because I like eternal life. Don't you hate when you make a school so you could have eternal life and then you have to deal with a bunch of children all day? Yeah. I personally hate that. Happens to me constantly. Jerome is walking outside when Rufus grabs him. Jerome says he didn't want Victor to link him with Rufus, and that's why he ran. Jerome says he thought Rufus was right behind him. Rufus asks where the puzzle piece is. Jerome says he needs it to hold on to it. Jerome says the other pieces are still in the cellar, and he needs that one to open the passageway. Jerome says Rufus can't risk going back to the house. Jerome says he can go down the cellar and get the pieces for Rufus. Rufus says they can't miss their window of opportunity. Otherwise, they'll have to wait for another 25 years. Wait, I just realized something as I was reading this. Um... So, Jerome, when he was pushing the door open with the puzzle piece, was so he could convince Rufus that he had to open the door with the puzzle piece. We were like, why is he doing that? No, I think I got that. I thought we were talking about we were oh, no, no, no. why he was We were doing talking that. about how Emily zoned out and thought, like, Rufus was using the, the, somehow got the amulet. I don't know why my brain went there. But that's, oh. that's because Emily just wasn't paying attention because she was taking her notes Friday night while drinking wine. Oh. And you're just ready for I season two, I think. That's fair. <laughs> My boy. <laughs> We're almost there. Your favorite white boy's almost there. But we have to trade him out for mine. Oh, it's no. unfortunate. I know. Too- Mick, and out, uh, been- Mick and Eddie together I know. would be too powerful. I was literally just going to say that. They would have been too powerful. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Uh, Rufus goes on to explain the god Anubis conceded to Amnuris that on a certain hour of a certain day, just once every 24 years, the descendant from the bloodline of Amnuris would be given the opportunity to restore the cup to its former strength and glory. Rufus says he needs to get him the pieces in the elixir. Jerome says he needs time. Rufus says to do it sooner rather than later. Rufus says Jerome will be rewarded. So, this scene confirms that Nina is a descendant of Amniris, who I think is like an Egyptian queen or princess. I'm always just like, anytime they drop these little like little bombs about backstory and the curse and the chosen one, I always just like pay attention to it because they're easy to pass over. Yeah, I just am confused. It says the bloodline, but how does like the date of birth thing come into play? Like you lose me there. You lose me there so hard. They must be like destined to born be born at this time. Like you know, like it's not a coincidence. It's <laughs> like the second Nina was conceived, the universe was like, she is the chosen <laughs> one. She will be born at this time. Also, I'm once again going on my bullshit, but it's not going to be tangent. It's just Emily on her bullshit. Is Nina is definitely Sarah's great granddaughter. Thank you. You can pry that from my cold dead hands. Yeah, I agree. Back at school, Amber tries to let Fabian down. However, he thinks she's talking about Nina. Amber's relieved that Fabian didn't want to ask her and walks away, leaving behind accused, confused Fabian. I just thought the scene was really funny. I took half of Laura's notes for her because I was off work today. So Emily's a real one. Thank you. <laughs> I'll keep this in the pod just so you get credit for being a real one. In the drama room, Nina is telling Patricia and Alfie that they're going to have a Sabuna meeting that night at 7. Amber comes in and Nina tells her about the meeting. Amber says she can't neglect her own treasure hunt, the search for King Tut, which she says is proving to be difficult. Amber asks Nina if Fabian has asked her to the dance yet. Nina says no and that he's not interested. Amber says he is and that Nina should ask him instead. Just then, Fabian comes in and wonders, ask what? Nina asks him if it's true that he plucks his eyebrows. Amber says she's lying and then Mouse just asks him. Nina says you're so funny and you make no sense to Amber. Jerome comes in and Nina runs to him and says it's great to see him was it a bad lie no was it a good lie also no fabian your eyebrows are like super shapely just (laughs) (laughs) that line lives rent free in my mind same um also fabina are dumb they are dumb you know who's not dumb in this scene jarena because (laughs) 
Nina goes, oh, look, here's Jerome, and, like, grabs his arm. Like, Jerome's getting more action from Nina than Fabian has all season, almost, in this episode. <laughs> okay, in the season two finale, this is, not re- this is not relevant, but, like, she straight up, like, starts leaning on him, and I'm like, why? Because he's also, like... <laughs> right, and he, like, grabs her! <laughs> no question. Forget the Nettie summer romance. It's all about the Jarena summer romance. <laughs> It's the Jarena summer, summer romance. Maybe it's like Mamma Mia and it was both of them in one summer. <laughs> it's Fabian, Eddie, and Jerome. Mamma Mia AU. Someone write me a fic. Someone write a fic. Mamma Mia AU where Nina like is saying like as Eddie and makes up that Osiren BS that she's secretly pregnant she doesn't want any of them to know because she doesn't know which one of them is the dad. Patricia and Alfie are being super cute here because they were. <laughs> Patrophy summer romance? <laughs> Patrophy, um, BFFF. Nina asks Jerome how his meeting with Rufus went, and Jerome says Rufus told him more stuff about the cup. Jason comes in and class starts. Jarena. That's it. I also wrote Jarena. Um, Amber's giving Mick dance lessons. Mara says he's improved 2%. Amber gets another message from King Tut. This time the message says it was someone she performed in the play with. Amber says she's become very cluey lately and wonders who she stared the stage with. Mara says all the boys at some point in Mr. Sweet when they took their vows. Mick said maybe it was the man in black they chased off stage. Amber says he shouldn't joke. Um, first and foremost, I really love Eddie's stepmom. I'm sorry, that was a terrible joke. I'm so sorry I made that joke. Oh my god, Amber, be like, Eddie, I'm so your mom. I'm sorry I made that joke. I can't. <laughs> that would be such a funny dynamic, that though. Funny like, it's not an appropriate dynamic, but it would be so funny. <laughs> I just said, luckily, I've I've become very cluey lately. I just thought that was a funny line. Amber, once again, with the iconic lines. I love her, Your Honor. Also, um, Nick remembering Rufus, I emoji. Also, the scene is cute. <laughs> Sabuna's meeting in Nina's room. Nina thinks they would be safer in the woods or bike shed or even a shark tank. Patricia says it's almost dark in that what is Rufus is trying to sneak around out there. Alfie wonders if they should involve Jerome. Nina says he was trying to blackmail them. Fabian says the more involved Jerome feels, the better it is for them. Nina says they're going to regret this later and that Alfie can go get Jerome. Why are they like okay, let's go get Jerome. But Amber is nowhere to be found. They're not even like, maybe we should get Amber too. I'm confused. Amber was invited. She just didn't want to come. Amber said, I love prom and only prom. <laughs> I know what she deserves. <laughs> also, Alfie's wearing a blame it on my parents t-shirt. <laughs> Downstairs, Alfie goes to get Jerome as Amber continues to theorize on King Tut. Amber begins to wonder if it's Jerome. Mick laughs. Now we transition to the other superior crack ship with Jerome. Jamper time. Jamper. Jamber writes. Also, Jerome was eating an apple and he took a bite out of it and then handed it to Mick. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> Literally, like they were sitting there, all of them, like Amber, Mick, and Jerome. And Jerome, like, got up and he t- had already taken a bite out of his apple and he just handed it to Mick. That's a little, that's a, that's a little sus. Like, <laughs> Mick and Jerome, best friends. <laughs> I was gonna say boyfriend, but you know. They can share apples, but they can't share Mara. Nick and Jerome are love confirmed. Confirmed. Uh, what we call them? Jick? <laughs> Jick? Oh. <laughs> I like Jerome better. Thank you. So upstairs, Jerome is watching as Sabuna attempts to assemble the cup. Jerome says it won't work. They try to assemble it and the house begins to shake. Damn, this house really goes through a lot. What do you know? This house is falling apart. 
Can I save it? <laughs> okay, hello, everyone. We're back in the second half. Jerome says, it's not the right time. Nina says it's 8 p.m. What's wrong about that? Jerome says he'll tell them everything Rufus said, but he just wants one thing in return. Patricia says they don't have any money, but Jerome says he wants into their gang. He says if they tell him all their secrets and he'll tell them how and when to put the cup together. I said, Jerome just wants me included. I'm actually like kind of feeling for him. He's like, I just want in. And I'm like, all right, we'll, we'll let you in, Jerome, even though you've been kind of horrible. I feel like he redeemed himself. He went into the basement with Rufus. I feel like that's good enough initiation. Yeah. Nina says he's in and tells him to tell them. Jerome and Alfie high five. Jerome says that Rufus has... The cup has to be put together in specific days that happens once every 25 years and is coming up soon. Nina says to be more specific. I don't know if... Technic- I think this technically could have gone with the last point too. But Jerome being in Sabuna, aka a plot that literally never goes anywhere because he just stops. He wants to be included and then Mick leaves and he goes back to being obsessed with Mara. I know, it's sad. Yeah, it would be interesting if Jerome got more involved in Sabuna. Though in season three, you can blatantly tell that Jerome and Joy are like, I know what's going on, but I don't feel like dealing with this shit right now. <laughs> yeah, they're, it's kind of they're funny. Like, I'm over it. There's literally a scene with Patricia where Joy's like, I don't know what's going on or where our friends are, but like, I hope you get them back. Like, good luck. And I'm like, Joy. Joy is like traumatized. She does not want to be involved. Also, a touchstone of Raw when they're like literally like all running around, all secretive, and like Joy, like Joy and Jerome know. Yeah, they know what's going on. They just like choose to not be involved because like honestly, would you want to be involved in that bullshit? No, but it's also funny because it's like they're not even like remotely concerned. They're just like They're just like, eh, they'll figure it out. We're just gonna plan a party. (laughs) (laughs) And I love that for them. Good for them. (laughs) I also love that for them, but I just think it's funny that they're like they're just like bye. I also said Alfie and Jerome are being cute with their high five. Nina and Amber sleep in their room and Nina is tossing and turning saying Sarah. Nina opens her eyes to see ghost Sarah and asks if she's dreaming. Sarah says she gave her a present and that Nina needs to open it. Nina says what do you mean and Sarah fades away. Nina wakes up and looks around the room. So my first note is Nina, nah, you're actually dead. You're not dreaming. My second note is that Sarah the ghost is singing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star to her and if I woke up at a boarding school in the UK with a ghost singing to me, I would be like, <laughs> I'm going back to America, bye. Bye, I'm being weird. Bye. <laughs> The next morning at breakfast, Amber's sitting on the couch looking at dresses. Fabian asks Nina if she thinks Sarah was trying to tell her something. Nina says she doesn't know because it didn't make any sense, and Sarah says something about a present. Patricia suggests it might be the box Sarah gave her when she died, and Jerome says no one told him about a box and tells them to remember their agreement. Um, Sabuna alone at breakfast count. Amber screams that she's had a breakthrough and everyone runs to the couch. She asks if they prefer peach blessed or hazy blue. Patricia says what? Amber asks them which color prom dress they like and tells them to get their priorities right. Fabian, Patricia, and Alfie walk off and Jerome shakes his head. Nina says peach and Amber says blue it is. Um, so Jerome says something about like, I know nothing about prom dresses. And then in season two, he sells prom dresses. I said he might be right that he knows nothing about prom dresses, though, because he literally just sold them the same dress. He knew it was the same dress, though. Yeah, he did. He was just blubs chaos. Also, I like how they were, like, slightly different, though. Like, they had, like, different degrees of that, like, black <laughs> over thing. And I love that for them. Also, Amber's just being, like, I'm going to do the opposite of what Nina says. Love that. I probably would, too. You've seen how she dresses. <laughs> <laughs> Amber asks Jerome if she can have a word with him and he says that if it's about prom dresses he really isn't her man she says correct you're not he sits down next to her looking confused and she says she's letting him down gently and can't be his date Jerome bursts out laughing and says that them going together is the most bizarre thing he's heard since the Fabian and Patricia rumor and tells everyone else to listen then says Amber just asked him to be her date to prom Amber says I did not that's not what I said and storms off 
Okay, I don't know if I've talked about it yet, but like, every scene with the Fabian and Patricia rumor causes me to absolutely lose my mind because of the whole like, what, almost went down in season three thing. I absolutely just feel like, I go feral. And at one point while taking notes for this episode, I saw them a video of me just like losing my shit over one of their scenes because it's just like, I don't know if it's ironic, if it's just like, in hindsight, it's hilarious. Yeah, it's like, in retrospect of what Brad said. It's so funny. I also wrote, so Fabisha and Jamber are the same? Hmm, because we know they almost did Fabisha. Maybe. <gasps> Maybe Jamber would have happened in season three if Anna didn't leave. Jamber is real good. Like, if we got Jamber instead of Jeroy, wait a second. I'd be and okay it, with that. If we got Jamber and Joyfee, too powerful. <laughs> wow, too powerful. <laughs> and Fabisha. Please do not speak Fabisha into the universe like that. We would have gotten Ketty then too, though. That's the only bad thing. No, what if Nettie's summer romance happened? Oh, like if Nina was there too? Okay, yeah. I'll take Nettie over Ketty. Or just Nettie summer romance happened. No Ketty. No Ketty. No Ketty. Again, I still think... TBD, I still think the only reason that they um, got Patricia and Nettie back together is because the writers are like, hmm, maybe we can't get rid of the fandom's two most popular ships in one go. Yeah. Yeah, no, I honestly do. I also said Jamber. I love how every time they deny they're attracted to each other, I'm like, yes, I ship it. Because in this scene, they're like, no, we would never. And then also in that logically we should be dating scene, they're like, no, we would never. But you t- protest too much. You were in love. <laughs> also, Amber was like, you're going to ask me to dance to Jerome. Really called her bizarre. And I said, how bizarre? How bizarre? <laughs> I just put, oh my God, Jamber is in love. They are. They all get up to leave. And Fabian runs after Nina said he wanted to ask, not ask, tell her something about him and Patricia. She says she's cool with it. He says he thinks she got the wrong idea and he won't be asking Patricia. Nina says you won't, smiling. Fabian says I was wondering if, but Victor yells at them from above that they're late for school and to move it. First of all, first of all, Nina was so excited to find out he wasn't going to ask Patricia and it was so soft. Cute. Second of all, I like how they're going to be late for school when they literally just left the breakfast table like less than five seconds ago. The timeline of getting ready in the morning makes zero sense to me. No sense. No one else even or Mikamara. Exactly, where are Mikamara? Making out somewhere. Probably. <laughs> they probably make out every morning. That's how Sabuna has their secret meetings. <laughs> Mikamara don't need to eat. They <laughs> see each other's faces. I, mean, I only love my OTP. <laughs> but you know Mika's gotta be hungry. Mara brings him a protein bar. It's fine. It's fine. How bizarre. How bizarre. <laughs> Jerome is walking out of the house when Rufus walks up to him and asks for the pieces. Jerome says he hasn't gotten a chance to get them yet, and Rufus says he needs them. Jerome says the special date is coming up. Rufus says that's right, and Jerome says he knew what the deadline was. He might be better at getting them. Rufus asks why he's interested in the date, and Jerome says he's just curious. Rufus says he needs the pieces by tomorrow morning, or else Jerome is the one that is dead. Um, Rufus, like, literally just came out of the, like, bushes to grab Jerome and threaten to kill him. Like, Sir? He is threatening to kill Jerome on a kid show. Love that. Love that. But God forbid they have emotions. Have to be sad in a Nickelodeon way, but we can threaten to kill them. <laughs> I just said, Jerome says, ever heard of a phone to Rufus? And I just said, that's us at Sabuna. <laughs> it is us at Sabuna. In the lounge, Mick asks Amber if they could schedule another dancing lesson. He notices she looks sad and asks her what's up. She says that Jerome humiliated her by laughing about the idea of being her date, and she says that she's Amber Millington, so she should be in you date it with offers. Mick says, come here, and they hug. He says, you're drop-dead gorgeous, you know you are, and she says, I know. I said Mick and Amber all. I love them. They're so cute. They're so cute. It's so funny because he's like, you're so gorgeous, and she's like, yeah, I know. 
<laughs> we all need I Amber Millard's confidence. Like, I need that. Confidence. I would love for like a man life. to come up to me and be like, "You're so beautiful," and I just go, "I know." <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> so Mara walks in and sees them crossing her arms. She says, "Very cozy." Mick explains that Amber was upset, and Amber says she has no one to take her to prom. Mara says, "Oh, so you're just offing a shoulder?" And Mick says, "Quite literally, yes." And tells Amber she got snot on her shirt. The Mick, Mara, and Amber OT3 would have been too powerful. The trio. I love them. I, I am a more iconic trio. Oh, wait. I know there's more iconic trio. I declare Mick Amber Mars the most iconic trio. Of the new They're so they cute. They truly were a very iconic trio. I have like a tiny tangent for this part. So like, jealous Mara kind of makes me sad. Because like, she definitely had some trust issues, which is, like, fine. She had a rocky relationship with Mick. I think they're finally in a good spot, and she's going to, like, get over them. And then we clearly see by the time she's dating Jerome that she's kind of over her trust issues, and she, like, definitely fully, like, dives into that relationship just for him to cheat on her. So I just feel really bad. No. That's sad. I don't like it, sir. I don't like it either. Down next to Amber. Amber calls herself a sad, lonely, lonely singleton. And Mar asks, what about King Tut? Amber says, oh, yeah, and runs off to see if he's messaged her. When Amber said, I'm a sad, lonely singleton, I felt that. Honestly, mood. Mick laughs, saying, what is with her? Mara apologizing, saying she got so used to being jealous, she forgot how not to be. Mara goes to hug kiss him, and he says to watch this knot. She says, ooh, and they laugh. This seems cute, though. It's cute. It is cute. <laughs> Jerome is searching around Nina's bed. He finds one of the pieces in a bag under her bed. Nina walks in and says, what do you think you're doing? I said, you know, I love the Mick Mara Amber trio, but you know what I don't love? Shady Jerome. But once again, Jarena. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jerome, get out of there, but also Jarena. <laughs> Jarena? Jarena. House of Jarena. Cut to a new scene in the room. The Sabunas are all staring Jerome down. Fabian is telling Jerome he thought he wanted to be a Sabuna. Jerome says he does, and that they don't understand. Rufus threatened him, and that this time he meant it. Alfie asks what happens now. Fabian says they find out what the date is and goes from there. Fabian asks Nina for Sarah's box and starts looking through it. Nina says that they should protect the pieces until after the date, but Jerome says they don't know when the date is and it could be weeks from now. Fabian shows them a star map from the box. Nina says twinkle twinkle little star and explains it's something Sarah said in the dream. Fabian says he doesn't recognize any of these constellations but will go look them up and Nina goes with him taking the box. Jerome says what he doesn't understand is how Rufus is planning on putting the cup together because it has to be done by someone special. Patricia says someone special? Someone chosen? Jerome says it has to be someone from a specific bloodline or born on a certain day. Patricia and Alfie look at each other and Jerome says what? Fabian says that it's definitely an Egyptian star map and that he sees Isis and Osiris and wonders what the numbers mean. Nina thinks that they're coordinates. Fabian says they're longitude and latitude and types it into his computer. Wait, Fabian used a computer. Proud of him. Wow. Brain Wait, Fabian can get the brain cell. He used the computer. <laughs> he uses a tablet a lot in season three. Fabian. Ooh, smart. they upgrade. They're like, this is 2013. We have tablets now. Nina starts looking at Fabian kind of weird and flirty, and he asks what she's smiling at. She says with the little frown he always gets when he concentrates. He says, Nina, about this end-of-term prom thing. Nina says yes and sits up smiling. Patricia barges in saying, guys, get this, and Nina says every time. No one tell Brad I said this, but season one Fabina really is, like, top tier. I claim only season one Fabina. Also, the little frown line might be one of my favorite, favorite Fabina scenes. It's cute. They're cute. I said Nina's face, why? And then I said on the bed again, the tension once again. I listened to Office Ladies, we can tell. Also, wait, Fabian has a bowling award next to his bed. Maybe he does love bowling. <laughs> he did. Also, 
screen cap it for you guys. I'll post it on our social media accounts. But when Fabi's in his bed here, you can see like on his headboard, he has a bowling award. Interesting. That checks out. I can see Fabian being a bowler. <laughs> but so was Nina lying or was she just inopportune telling the truth? <laughs> she does hang out in his room a lot. Maybe she saw it. It was like maybe Victor's seen it too. So not as bad of a lie as we thought. Yeah. I mean, saying you're using a telescope to find the bowling alley, that was the bad That was a bad lie, but Fabian loves the bowl, I guess it's true. (laughs) (laughs) Patricia explains that the cup can only be put together by the chosen one, by Joy, and says that Jerome just told her and she has to call Joy and warn her. She asks if they know the date yet, and Fabian says not yet, but they were coordinates. His computer shows Isis and Osiris meeting in the sky. He says now they have a date and time, and it's Friday at midnight. Patricia says, the day of the prom? We talk about this a lot in part two and part three, but how late is the prom that they're like- 1 a.m. The adults are like straight up like, yeah, so like, we can do this because the kids are going to be- Like, I know they probably would have made it work anyways. How would they have gotten the kids out of the house to do the secret ceremony anyways? If I don't know. If Amber wasn't just like, we should have a prom, how would I? Yeah, I'm almost surprised the teachers weren't like, let's have a prom. You know, yeah, like Amber like, really were just like, like set that up for them real nice. And Amber was like, I want a prom, and they're like, sure, it needs to be on this day. So then... maybe that's it. Maybe like Mar just rolled to the office like, hey, we want to have a prom, and Mr. Sweet was like, well, I got the news for you. Got the best date to have one. <laughs> Mr. Sweet like calling up the rest of the society members like. Guess what, guys? And get the kids out of the house that night. Yeah, they would have had to, like, make some other thing. They would have had to, like, put fake mice in their house again or something. Or I guess it's, like, after bedtime, so they, like, should have been in their asleep. rooms. But it's, like, but probably better that the they're kids are the involved, house. So they know the kids would not be just asleep. Yeah. <laughs> you also have to think, like, if it was... I don't know how... how why is my brain not working? Because obviously not everyone in the house is going to be a heavy sleeper. So, like, you'd think, like... The door opening and closing would wake them up too. Unless you're making Mara. <laughs> making Mara don't wake up through nothing. literally everything. Fabian says they have the pieces, know the date and time, and know who the chosen one is, so they can finally put the cup together and finish the search. Nina says they'll do that if he's super sure. We see Victor listening on them through the door. Patricia says they have to tell Joy, and Victor smiles to himself. Dun 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 cliffhanger so we have to reward um so we explained this in part two but obviously you'll be listening to this part first so for each two episode like 30 minute block we declared that we're going to give one brain cell and one chip for each of those blocks so brain cell of the week fabian fabian Question used mark. a computer <laughs> so it's a, like I feel a really like tiny thing. brain cell just for that one yeah jerome for telling sabuna information yeah that was helpful Mick gets a brain cell for remembering that there was a creepy dude that ran on stage. It's like, good job, Mick. Observant. Very observant. And ship of the week. I mean, ship of the two plot of the episode. Um, Jarena. Like, obviously. Jarena and Jamber, honestly. Yeah. And Fabina, I guess, were flirty, but I think we gave it to them later. Yeah, the, like, cute, awkward, flirty scene. But yeah, Fabina will get it by the end, so let's let our crack ships shine right now. This is the other thing, and I think we hear it in my episode, because, again, that's when we recorded first, is we um, tried to, like, because obviously, like, the main ship in this this episode is Fabina, so we um, try to not get to Fabina until the last episode. So, uh, Jarena and Jamber, our favorite crack ships. We got so much content for them. <laughs> Let us know if you would prefer either Jamber or Jarena. Now for Emily's part of the episode. Woo-hoo. Talk to you guys soon. <laughs> Talk to you guys. It's literally five seconds from now. Hello. Welcome to part two of our season one finale recap. Um, we are going to be 
recapping House of Sting and House of Never. Just a quick, quick heads up that we are recording parts two and three before parts one due to some unforeseen life events. If you follow Laura's Twitter, you know what's going on, but we're just very glad she's okay. <laughs> it's fine, guys. I am fine. I'm safe. I just couldn't do my, I just couldn't do summary notes today. I'm fine. I'm safe. I'm good. Everyone wear your seatbelts. We're happy you're okay. Thank you. So we're going to dive right back into it. Victor is in Mr. Sweet's office telling him, Mrs. Andrews and Jason, that the students have pinpointed the chosen hour, that they have all the ink pieces. They wonder if Rufus is no longer a threat, to which Victor says he is still a threat. Mr. Sweet suggests searching the kids' rooms again. Victor says they need to let the cup come to them. Victor says the kids are in touch with joy. I just think it's pretty bold of Victor to, like, assume they'll be able to just, like, steal the cup later. I mean, I love that for him. <laughs> Amber is on the phone with whomever she ordered her dress from. She says it hasn't been delivered yet, even though she paid for next day delivery. Amber says it, and then Amber says it's fine and that she'll hold. Nina worries about keeping the pieces safe until after the chosen hour. Fabian says it's fine to carry them around, but the teachers could organize another bag search. Patricia says she's got an idea. Jerome walks in as Nina asks what Patricia's idea is. Patricia says she'll tell them later. Jerome asks, tell her what? And Patricia says the less people that know, the better. Loose lips. Jerome says he's going nowhere near Rufus ever. Just then, Rufus calls Jerome. Jerome's got some really iconic quotes here. Like, literally, I'm surprised my phone didn't burst into flames when Rufus <laughs> calls him. And then Alfie asks Jerome what, like, his message from Rufus said. And Jerome says, it's not repeatable. So, like, what was, what was Rufus <laughs> telling him? Like, was it just I feel swearing? like it was just... A lot of swearing, like you, effing, effer. I can't believe you didn't get my effing pieces. You, f. <laughs> like just I'm gonna like that. kill you. I mean, I too wish to call Jerome an f boy, so it's fine. We already did. <laughs> <laughs> or he like very vividly described how he was gonna kill him if he didn't get the pieces. Yeah. I feel like that'd be pretty disturbing. <laughs> Yeah, but I feel like, well, I mean, that's not repeatable, but I also feel like that's something he'd just be like, here, read it to Elfie. Mm. True. That night, Mick is practicing dancing in the living room. Mick offers to show Fabian how to dance. The rest of the house, minus Amber, come in to watch and applaud. Mick drops Fabian. This is such an iconic Mickian scene. Mickian and them all cheering. This scene lives rent-free in my mind. It's like this and... The I love you scene, like, from way early in season one, are, like, just peak McVean. The next morning, Nina walks into the dining room and Fabian attempts to ask her to prom. Nina says yes before he can actually ask her anything. Nina says she can't risk them getting interrupted again. Just then, Patricia walks in. Fabian says he doesn't know if Nina was going to say yes to the thing he was going to ask. Fabian asks Patricia if she could leave the room because there's something he has to ask Nina. Patricia leaves and shuts the door. Nina tells him to hurry and Fabian asks Nina to to the prom which to which she says yes patricia comes back into the room nina's excited to tell patricia that fabian asked her to the dance patricia is fake offended because she thought she was going with fabian <laughs> honestly i just like really like like i just like love like the cute like typical like cliche like teen stuff they're doing it's just cute and it just it fills me with joy it's nice i love the vibe patricia patricia actually leaving when she's asked i love that because that's just her being nice because she wants them to be able to go to the dance together. But then her being like, OMG, hurry up, I'm hungry. Very peak Patricia, very funny. And Nina being like, oh, well, I need to say yes before you even tell me what you're asking, because an earthquake or a swarm of locusts will probably come interrupt us. 
Yeah, this whole scene was just like, I was laughing the whole time, like actually laughing. And it was like, Fabina was cute, Patricia was funny, and I just really love these kids. And it was just like a nice juxtaposition between all of the like, oh my god, someone's gonna die stuff that we've also been seeing this episode. So it was just nice. <laughs> I noticed though, because it's like the first half, and I know like Laura's half of the episode was really like kind of cute and happy, and like the like my first half of the like because that would again be legitimately the first half of the episode is also very cute and happy and then the second half is like murder death mystery will they survive will they die will they save the world it's just like i love the cute stuff i know it's it's refreshing <laughs> fair we gotta be sad in nickelodeon so we're throwing you with some cute stuff and then we're throwing you with some scary death stuff we love to see it Trudy calls upstairs to tell Amber a delivery has arrived for her. Amber is excited and she opens the box right away. She's shocked to find a very small dress inside. Mara says that's a doll's dress. Um, and Amber's, I ordered a doll's dress, lives rent free in my mind. <laughs> we a lot of this episode, like this part, like this episode just lives rent free in my mind. When I think Iconic Season 1, it's like these quotes, these scenes. I just said untied Tyler because Amber in her excitement to get to her package did not tie her tie once again. Tisk tisk. The night of the prom, the girls are trying to find dresses they own that Amber may want to wear. Amber says she can't go and they should go without her and that she would have wanted it that way. Nina and Amber went shopping together because Nina mentions that one of the dresses Amber rejects that uh, Nina was offering her that Amber actually picked out and I thought that was cute. I just was laughing at how dramatic she was in this scene. Like the whole, like, you know, I would have, I would have wanted it that way anyway. Go without me. Go on. Like, it was just so funny. Downstairs, we find out Jerome has stolen Amber's real dress. Jerome says he can't wait to see what kind of dress Amber could find on the other girls. When Jerome has his back turned, Alfie grabs Amber's real dress. So Jerome says that Amber got her dress that morning and that they were going to school and like they were ready for school. So then their prom was on a school night. But also, we see later in the episode that their prom goes crazy late at night. But they did mention it being on a Friday, so at least it's a Friday night, so they don't gotta go to school the next day. Yeah, I'm pretty sure my prom was on a Friday. Mine was on a Saturday. Because we get a half day at school, so we can get ready, and then we go to prom. Okay, but you know the masquerade dance was clearly on a school in the night, because the next morning they were all getting ready for school, because Patricia dumped yeah. it in their mouth. Hopefully they didn't party till 1am at that dance. Hopefully not. I think that yeah, one seemed a little more like a, a formal. They had a dance that ended at like 10pm like a normal high school dance. <laughs> Maybe a little later. 10.30. Or Victor yeah, was Victor, let them stay out a little bit past curfew. Slightly after curfew. They had to be back at the house by 10, but they didn't have to be in bed till 10.30. Wow. Victor, Victor what I said, how did Jerome even do this? Like, where did he get a doll's dress that looks like Amber's dress? I was, like, taking a kind of a closer look at it. Mostly because I was thinking about, like, I wonder how the art department did this. Um, and it kind of looks like the little roughly part on the dress is, like, a streamer. Like, a party streamer. So, um, maybe Jerome just did some DIY and got, a, like, a, just, like, a blue doll's dress and crafted it to look like Amber's. I love that. And that would check out because in... A previous scene at the beginning of this episode, Amber is asking everyone for their opinions on dresses, so Jerome didn't know what dress Amber was going to order. Also in that scene, I know that future me, because I know that past me for the notes wrote this, said that Jamber was being very cute, but currently Jamber is cancelled. 
<laughs> Jerome ruined it, like always. <laughs> Jerome ruined me shipping Jamber. Normally, whenever I'm like, I love Jamber, and then I'm like, never mind. It's because Jerome did some dumb shit. <laughs> also, also, I loved the commentary that all of Nina, um, Nina, Mara, and Patricia's clothes would either be geek goth or YouTube shit. <laughs> It would have been funny if we got like some sort of like montage where she's trying on all of their dresses. That would have been so fun. But realistically, they wouldn't all fit her. Yeah, like are they all the same size? That's true. Yeah. I mean, I feel like she and Nina could share clothing. Yeah. I think so. But I don't think like she and Patricia could share clothing only because Patricia is taller. And then Mara's so petite. I mean, Patricia could give Amber a dress that might just be long. Joy is also very petite, but she wasn't there. Yeah, Joy's true. Tiny. Joy and Mara probably could have shared clothing. Oh, one hundred percent. I feel like Joy and Mara probably did share clothing. Like they were yeah, so close that'd by be the end. Cute. In season three, I want that for we them. We know that Joy basically stole Amber's wardrobe in season three. Yeah, so Joy Amber apparently fits in Amber's clothes. In the hall, Fabian is helping Mick tie his tie. The girls come downstairs. Fabian asks where Bronte Millington is, and the girls look sad. I said, I had lots of notes. Mick being once more. I love them. Also, hashtag teach these kids to tie their ties. Um, Fabian is on our team. We've come full circle. Aww. <laughs> also, I love them all with a million explanation points after also where's prom queen Millington. Great line. Yeah, this whole scene just made me soft because like when they came downstairs, the way Fabian and Mick were looking at them, like they were just like, wow, they're beautiful. And Mick was looking right at Mara and Fabian was looking right at Nina. And I'm sure they were talking about Patricia too, because like Fabicia is real and so is Mictricia. But the whole thing was just really, really cute. And they are beautiful and they deserve to be told that they're beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> I love that TED Talk. Great. <laughs> Upstairs, Elfie sprinkling rose petals on Amber and her bed. She wakes up and asks what he's doing. He says, do not fear, she shall go to the ball. And he shows her her real dress. Alfie says that Jerome had it, and Amber tells him he saved the prom, but she doesn't have a date. Alfie asks her what about the King Tut dude, and says, and he says maybe he came in person. Amber asks if he's downstairs, and Alfie says it's him. Alfie asks her if she's disappointed, and she says, actually, no. She tells him to go downstairs, and that she has six hours of beautifying to do in five minutes. So Alfie has a tiara and a magic wand, and he also had rose petals, but like when he went upstairs, he didn't have any of those things, and where did they come from? Like, I believe that Amber <laughs> would have a tiara and a magic wand laying around, but like, the rose petals? Also, if she had them and he was just like ripping them up to throw at her, like, I'd be mad about that. Yeah, I like, like have no theories on her, where he got all this stuff. <laughs> destroying her flowers that she had in her room. Actually, I would believe that Trudy has roses and that maybe he stole some from her. Oh, Trudy does have roses in season okay. two, so like, that would check out. I could see it. Trudy treats herself and she buys herself roses. And also the scene also lives rent free in my mind is very cute. I love that he called her Amberella and I thought it was funny when she was like, LOL, King Tut is downstairs. Yeah, this was just like, I think an iconic Amphi scene and it's like hard not to ship them in this scene, especially when Alfie is like, oh, are you disappointed that I'm King Tut? And when she's like, actually, no, because like she's realizing she does actually have feelings for him. Just very cute. Downstairs, Nina says she hopes they can get away in time to meet Joy and that the teachers are going to be 
watching them like hawks. Patricia says she hopes Joy can get away from her dad. Trudy comes in and says they all look so grown up and beautiful. And she says that Patricia has a letter that was pushed under the door. And Trudy says maybe it's a last minute date. Trudy asks where Amber is and goes to look for her. Amber comes down the stairs. Amber calls her home a dress thief. Nick says they should go and he wants to try out his new moves before twirling Mara. Patricia, also Patricia reading her letter seemed to be from Joy, which was low-key gay. Thank you. Good night. Patricia and Joy in love. Um, Jamper's still cute, though. Amphi is cute. <laughs> I don't know. They are but cute, also, even though I canceled them. <laughs> um, so Alfie, when like Amber came down, was like, oh, pinch me. I must be dreaming. And Amber actually pinching him. I don't know why the, that made me soft. It was just cute. It was cute and playful. The whole thing is cute. It's very cute. Just this, this whole part of the episode, cute. <laughs> Very the cute. first half of the episode. Oh, okay. I have lots of notes once again. Once upon a time, I think like early high school when House of News was still airing, I bought a dress that looked like Amber's in the scene because it looked like Amber's in the scene. And I never wore it because I think I ended up not going to whatever dance I bought that dress for. But since I'm presently at my parents' house, I think I'm going to um try to find said dress and see if it still fits. Though um we're not sure it will still fit because, again, I got it when I was like 14. Number two, Trudy is me. Number three, I have nothing to say to you, Amber at your room, but also me at your room. Number four, they're all cuties, <laughs> once again. And number five, Patricia has a braided hair streak. Love that for her. <laughs> I'm also going to add, because no one else is going to say it, um, Mick and Mara, cute. Look at them. They're just kind of like doing their thing now. Nothing super like spectacular. Like their, their story's kind of over now, but they're still being adorable. All they're the stance cute. stuff, like, cute. <laughs> They have a particular moment in the second part of my episode that I think is really cute. I can't wait. We love them in Mick, Mara, Amber, Elvie, and Jerome leave for the prom, leaving Phoebe and Nina and Patricia behind. It's another mirror writing letter. The letter says to meet in the history classroom before prom. They're walking into prom and Amber asks why the chosen hour has to happen the same day as their prom. Nina tells Amber they need to meet up with Joy and that it's important. They walk into the history classroom. And Jason is there waiting for his prom date. His date, Miss Robinson. Jason asks Patricia what's in the bag, and he says he hopes it isn't contraband. Patricia tells him it's just girly stuff. Jason asks if she asks if she wouldn't mind him taking a look. Um, everybody in the prom getting tipsy. I love another vaguely realistic teen reference in House of Anubis. Love it. Just their raw power. You know, they would have been like legally, they all should have been able to drink at tour. But I think it would have been really fun if like. Again, when we revive House of News as a teen show, the season two masquerade dance, they're spiking the punch. That's all there is to it. Eddie and Jerome, both. <laughs> so real, that's really how Eddie got Patricia to dance with him. She she oh had some God. of his, she felt his punch, had some of it, and then was like, feeling free. And then on this episode, on prom night, uh, because they also had to do Sabuna stuff, they're all like taking shots to like loosen up, because they're like, all right, guys, we gotta go to prom and save the world. Like, take a shot. Like, <laughs> Take a shot every time you have to save the world. <laughs> um, you also know they would have been spiking their hot chocolate in the season three finale. Yes. Oh, they would have been passing the, like the the flask around. Like here you go. <laughs> like put some Bailey's in there. Love to see it. An entire scene in Touch Little Raw where they're cleaning out under their beds and they just bottles of. Liquor. Oh my god. <laughs> love teen shows Sabuna in our hearts. And then they make a cocktail called the Elixir of Life. Um, I also loved Patricia being like LOL girly stuff that girls use. <laughs> like I could just be really girly at times. 
Jade just delivered that line so perfectly. It was so funny. Just then Rufus comes in and shuts the door. He says he has a jar full of deadly bugs. He tells the kids to stand at the back of the classroom. Rufus tells Jason to get him the elixir and the chosen one. Jason leaves the classroom and Rufus locks the door. Rufus says the note was not from Joy. Rufus says at least now he gets the ink pieces, but is shocked to find a water bottle. We find out that the Sabuna members left a bag in the woods for Joy, which contains the ink pieces. Rufus asks where the ink pieces are. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. I just said yeah, Joy, because I was really happy to see her. Also, Jason, bro, get help because Jason knows that they're all in danger. He needs to get some help for these kids. Also, probably uh, one of the Sabunas should have gone to the classroom and the rest stayed back. They knew last time they got a letter that they thought was from Joy in mirror writing that it was Rufus and Lord Patricia and he kidnapped her. So I would be immediately sus of some more mirror writing notes that claim they're from Joy. So somebody should have not gone into the classroom. That's my thought. I think probably should have taken, like, one of the, like, probably, like, Amber wanted to go to the dance. Just leave Amber alone. Yeah, like, let Amber go to the dance. Because it's Jerome's fault. Probably, like, Jerome, Mina, and Fabian should have gone into the classroom. We left Patricia and Alfie in the hallway because you know that they would have been, like, down for some, down for a brawl. Yeah. And Amber can go to prom. <laughs> Amber can go to prom. Amber just at prom, having a good time. They were all just so in love with Joy, they had to go see her. That chucks. Same. Every single one of them. I feel it. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> and now a word from your favorite sponsor, our favorite sponsor. Let's hear it. All right. Welcome back. Let's get into it. Tina says they wouldn't be stupid enough to carry them around. Rufus asks them if they gave the pieces to Joy. Rufus tries to manipulate Patricia. Rufus says that Jerome gave him information. Jerome lunges at Rufus. Fabian holds him back. Nina says they believe Jerome didn't tell Rufus anything. Nina says Joy is on their side. Miss Robinson knocks on the door to check on Jason. I said I kind of like Jerome right now. Like he's ready to fight. And he's trying to be like yeah, was <laughs> That was pretty brutal when Rufus tried to like throw him under the bus and was like Jerome already told me everything and he's like no I did not I'm I, like this is the one time I did it right and like yeah that was I, very I kind of think that Jerome has kind of realized that he like messed up I know that mm-hmm. we gave him a lot of hate but I do think to some extent he's realized he messed up and he's trying to make it right I love that growth I, I love <laughs> then the lack of the growth or the backpedaling whatever yeah. You know, yeah. I don't believe that because I'm just being an ass. Anyways. I mean, season two exists, but we're not discussing I mean, season two. Like, the entire thing with, like, a lot of Jerome's growth is I feel like he does, he's better when it benefits him more when he's trying to prove something. But I don't think at his core he wants to be a better person to be a better person. No, like, I, think I think in season two it was fair. for Poppy. And I think here he knows what. Like, he knows he I messed up. I almost think he knows what Elfie thinks about him right now, and he's trying to prove himself to, like, get his friends back. Yeah, like, he feels lonely, like, he wants his friends to, like, trust him again. But I don't think anytime, anyth- I don't really think anytime he's good, it's for him. It's usually for something. Or, like, in season three, it's kind of to get Joy back. Though he does yeah. help Joy with Willow, and I think that's one of the first, like, one of the big times where I think, okay, he's actually trying to be and even then, it becomes more of a he's trying to, like, atone for what he did to her, even though, like, Willow's over it. Like, when he gets her that other hedgehog, like, Joy asks him to do mm-hmm. it. And that's when they're, like, all mad at each other. Fair. I do think Jerome grows as a person. I think that 
he does not have internal motivation to grow as a person. He has external motivation to grow as a person. That's not necessarily bad, though, because ultimately if he does end up growing as a person as he becomes an adult, because as right now he's a stupid teenage boy, that even if that external motivation is what has to push him to become a better person, if it ends up sticking and ends up him realizing that, like, he just, like, this is good for him and, like, this is who he wants to be without someone else having to encourage him ultimately. Because sometimes it just is like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if he has enough faith in of, in of himself in himself. And like, this is a Jerome Ram, but like, I don't know if Jerome views himself positively enough to try to become a better person just for the sake of becoming a better person or like just because it would improve himself. Yeah. That's deep. <laughs> Alpha asks Amber if it still counts as a date. Amber says yes, but then she's she says she's kidding. Our lives are in danger. Inside, That's funny. Inside the prom, Mara is wondering where everyone else is. Nick says maybe they're outside and offers to go look for them. Miss Robinson comes up to Mara. Mara says she likes her dress. Miss Robinson asks Mara if she's seen Jason. Mara says no. I love my car being like this. It says. Yeah, it's just funny that it took all season for, like, Mara finally to realize something is up. <laughs> like, Mick obviously was never going to notice, but... Um, and then also... At the house, Jason is pounding on the cellar door. Trudy comes downstairs, and Jason asks if Victor is there. Jason pounds on the door again. Trudy asks if he's alright, and Jason storms out. In the woods, Joy is waiting for Sabuna. She goes to call Patricia, but Rufus takes her phone. Rufus tells Patricia to call her back and meet, tell her to meet at the school with the pieces. Patricia refuses, but Amber encourages her. Joy goes to answer the call as the adults find her. Joy goes to run, but Victor stopped her, stops her. Victor says Joy thought she gave them the slip, but instead led them right to the pieces. F Joy's dad. All my homies hate Joy's dad. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Deja vu. I would love to have seen Joy's dad come back into play, like, in season two, maybe come to visit, or, like, season three, just to, like, see if they're actually, like, working on, like, rebuilding their relationship. Like, I think they are, but, like... That would have been nice. Yeah, that would have yeah. been a good plot line. And a good um, parallels between Joy and Jerome, if we got to see a plot with Joy for that. Oh, yes, that would have been good parallels. <laughs> daddy issues. We love two children with daddy issues in our ship. Isn't that just literally all, all of the Anubis presidents? Don't they all have daddy issues? Or like 90% of them have daddy issues? Um, yes, because all their parents yeah. are rich. I, I see, like, I think, like, the only one who it's implied doesn't have, like, a weird relationship with their parents is Mara. Like, I think she's the only one. Who's but she does, though, because her parents are into sports and she's not. Okay, but that's, like, the reason she wants she to be. It's like, oh, they're really supportive. They want me to have a better future. They come get yeah. looked at her. Like, you've inherited the dog think... from this lady. We don't know, but I guess we'll, it's our dog now. I mean, I think Fabian doesn't have issues with his parents, but I don't know if Fabian has parents. I don't know if he has parents. I feel like he doesn't. It's always uncles and godfathers. Where's his Where's his dad? Fabian doesn't have daddy issues because he doesn't have a dad. <laughs> he doesn't have a dad. Doesn't have daddy issues because her parents are dead. Can't Sorry, have, guys. Can't have daddy issues when you don't have a daddy to have issues with. Um... The rest of them, their parents. This is my favorite. Great. Oh no! This is. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> we know Eddie has daddy issues. Everyone has <laughs> daddy issues in this show. House of Daddy Issues. <laughs> At the school, Rufus takes Patricia's phone and tosses it against the wall. Amber is apologizing for the things she's done wrong. Baby tells her to stop and that it's not helping. 
Um, <laughs> oh, all those thoughts I've had about David Beckham, even though I knew he was Victoria. <laughs> that's a bit scandalous. He's like, Amber. That's a bit scandalous for this children's show, too. What thoughts is she having about David Beckham? Oh, I think we know. Yeah. She was kind of hoping he was King Tut, you know? <laughs> she dated Nick because you know, he reminds her of David she's Beckham. Hope- Am I wrong? <laughs> no, you're not wrong. You're right. You should say it. <laughs> I am here. Uh, this is, I love you. Back at the house, Victor's unlocking the cellar. Victor tells him to wait downstairs so that there's still waiting for three more members. Zoe Fed asks if she asks her to come and she follows him. The nurse and the police officer show up and Jason comes in panicked about Rufus. Victor says it's better that the students are stuck at the school with Rufus. Jason is worried about the children, but Victor says they'll be fine and they'll deal with Rufus after the ceremony. You know, Victor was making some points about the illness thing, like, what a cure my diabetes. Join the cult. <laughs> it probably would, so. I think Victor said F them kids, but RIP to Jason because he was a good guy. I loved when um, the police officer and the nurse showed up when Victor let them in. He did like a hand signal to them, like a, it was like a triangle thing with his hands, yeah. and I was like, are they in a sorority now? I got them brothers and sisters. Yeah, <laughs> is it a sorority? Is it a frat? It's a fraternity. It's a uh, eternal life fraternity. Co ed. Pretty yeah. exciting. <laughs> It's not Greek life, it's Egyptian life. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, just shout out to Jason for being the only people, uh, being the only person to care about the kids. Thank you, Jason. It is weird hearing him call them children, though. Like, I know they're the children, he's a teacher, but like, they're the same age, basically. (laughs) In our minds, because he keeps flirting with Patricia, we think they're the same age. Yeah. Mick comes back into the prom and says they're not outside. Mara is worried and said Amber's been talking about this for weeks. Mara says they should go back to the house. Mick tells her to enjoy herself before organizing a search party. I love Sleuthy Mara. Also, Mick was just like, let's dance. Mick really does not care. Okay, but it. this is where he said the quote that I used when I posted this pop. that you, I've got moves you haven't even heard of. I, I love like, that. He's been learning a lot in his dance lessons. With Fabian and I'm Amber. so proud of him. Look at them go. And then when they start dancing, it, like we get like a wide shot of the whole dance, and there are these two girls by the stage dancing together, like clearly like the two friends that couldn't get dates dancing together in the back. And I was like, that was me That's at us. my prom, both my proms. It's like living my best life. I'm saying that does like I didn't. I went to prom with my friend that was a male, so technically it was my date, but like it wasn't a romantic thing. But still, that's us. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Back in the classroom, Nina says she's sorry for failing Sarah. Miss Robinson is knocking on the classroom door and that she doesn't respond well to getting stood up and that he's dumped. Rufus says it looks like they've all been dumped. Okay, did Miss Robinson and Jason ever talk or is this just... So I realize he has creepy tension for Patricia, so we're going to just throw him with this woman his age. Like, I think that's probably it. Match made in heaven. Miss Robinson got framed for flirting with Maggie Moe. She wasn't. Jason flirts with Patricia, but no one says anything about it. OCP. <laughs> Like I feel bad because they they kind of seem like they'd be low key cute, but like they yeah. just all of a sudden were a thing at the dance. For why? I also love Jason asking Mrs. Robinson to the dance. Like he didn't know he had cult shit to do and probably wouldn't be a great dance date. Like, sorry. <laughs> I just think it's funny that he asked her in general. Like this isn't your dance, sir. You're a teacher. <laughs> You're a teacher. Why are you asking someone to dance? He's like, I'm a chaperone. I need a date for this. Dance. <laughs> I also like that they agreed to meet at the school. And like she said, <laughs> like, go pick her up. Said, oh, Fire dinner. At the school she where said we she all was live. late because she had a flat tire. So like she clearly lives off campus. 
Like, you mean to tell me that man couldn't have, like, if he lived on campus, driven to her house and, like, picked her up, loved her, had a nice time? She was busy doing cult shit, but shouldn't have gotten a date. Yeah, come on, Jason, use your brain. At the house they are performing the ceremony, Victor calls Joy to step forward, and she asks about the acolytes. Joy goes to attempt to assemble the cult. The cup, not the cult. The seven acolytes, I think, are the kids. I know we've discussed this in a previous episode, but, like, when they say it here, they're like, the seven acolytes, they're ready, and then they literally have the coins with the kids' names on them. So I still think they're the kids. Yeah, I think that's, like, the whole debate Victor and Rufus keep having in this episode. Like, Victor thinks it's a metaphor, and Rufus is like, nah, son, like, they're really gonna die. (laughs) He's trying to kill some kids. He's just accidentally going to kill some kids. Don't you hate when you're trying to live for eternal, have eternal life, and you gotta accidentally kill seven kids? Yikes. <clears throat> At the school, Fabian tells Rufus it's over and to let them go. Rufus says it's not over until the hour is over. Rufus says the tipping of the scales means they'll die. It's a life for a life. Rufus grabs Nina and says she'll come with him. Fabian yells, leave her, and then the jar of bugs go fly- goes flying. Alfie catches it. The kids manage to escape, but not before throwing... The jar back at Rufus, the drawer back at Rufus, to which it falls to the ground and shatters. Nina says they need to warn the teachers. I've had a lot of notes. I love sassy Fabian. R.I.P. to all these kids because I think they're gonna die. The drama. I said no body, no crime. <laughs> they got Rufus. <laughs> I wasn't letting up till the day he died. Um, oh, and then. They were all like, yeah, we're great, we're good, because we escaped. And I was like, did they not all just hear the part about how they were going to die? <laughs> they moved on already. I was just super proud of Fabian. I was like, hell yeah, Fabian. Like, you push him out of the way. You save your girl. Go, Fabian. Yeah. Back at the house, Joy is unable to assemble the cup. We switch back to school, and we see Rufus's eyes snap open. This is so creepy. I hate eyes. Mind you, I really hate eyes. I have a weird thing with eyes. I can't put contacts in because of it. So this creepy close-up. Not about it. Creepy. (laughs) Okay, Rufus has like got like low-key creepy eyes because they're just really intense too. Yeah. I don't want to say they're creepy, but they're just really intense. Yeah. Um. So we're doing this thing, and I'm sure you already heard it because you're listening to this part second. But because we're recording it first, I feel the need to explain that we are because each of us is taking a segment of the finale. We are each going to pick a ship and a brain cell, which brings us to brain cell of segment two, which I for some reason put Patricia, and I don't know why. I was trying probably because she up. swapped out the pieces. Oh, that was right? it. There and we gave go. Gave him the joy. That was it. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. I, I would agree. I want to make the plan to get the pieces to Joy so they didn't still have them. And then for ship, I couldn't pick between Amphi or McBean. Iconic. Both cute. Both great. Both are good. <laughs> All right. So we'll see you in a few minutes. Beretta's taking over. So take us home. All right. So we are now at the fifth and final part of the finale. I can't believe we made it to the season one finale. I know. I'm this proud. Been a long run. Good job, guys. Yeah. So this is House of Forever. How cheesy. Aw. House of... I love... My Sabuna friends forever. Aww. So the scene starts or picks up, I guess. Um, Joy is in the cellar trying to put the cup together, but it's not working. And Victor is getting really frustrated. So Mrs. Andrews is like, well, maybe she's not the chosen one. So they kind of all end up giving up because they realize it isn't going to work. And Jason just like immediately runs out to try to help the students back at the school. So thank you, Jason, for actually caring about the students. Yeah, Jason. Woo! Also, Joy's dad telling her to stay back. 
Or did he leave her in the house? Once again, F Joy's dad. All my homies have Joy's dad. <laughs> so Sabuna makes it back to Anubis' house and they reunite with Joy. They ask her what happened and she says nothing because she's not the chosen one and she seems pretty happy about that. Then they start talking and they realize that Nina must be the chosen one because she was born on the same day as Joy, but at 7 a.m. when Joy was born at 7 p.m. and it has to be the seventh hour on the seventh day. So then they run downstairs to see if Nina can put the pieces together. Um, in the scene, we get the iconic Jer- uh, Jerome line. It would be the American, wouldn't it? I love it. <laughs> it would be the American, wouldn't it? Applies to this whole show. Truly. Honestly, season okay. two, season <laughs> three, this is a foreshadowing. This could turn into a tangent, but like earlier they pl- apply the chosen ones of a certain bloodline, but is it a certain bloodline or is it the birthday thing? Yeah. like. Is it because Both? she's related to Sarah, or is it because her birthday is the seventh? But like, if she was related to Sarah and her birthday wasn't the seventh, would it matter? I mean, I truly do believe she was related. She was like actually like Sarah's great granddaughter, and I truly, I think, I mean, I don't mean to be the way that I'm being, but I truly believe that. And I know it was like KT, like a version of KT existed in the original version, but I kind of think that if Nat didn't leave, Nina would have been Robert's great, probably great great granddaughter. I think so, too. I think Katie and Nina are related. I think they're cousins. We love secret cousins on this show. <laughs> secret cousins, secret <laughs> sisters. Almost as much as secret sisters. Almost Don't forget secret fathers. As... But rolling right into the, the these are their cancers thing. Nina not knowing when she's born, how will we get her entire birth chart? I literally made the same exact note. I was like, Nina doesn't know her birth time. Damn, how does she do her <laughs> Like, co-star must be a struggle. What does she blame her messiness <laughs> on? I mean, she could name it, blame it on being a cancer specifically. Are cancers supposed to be messy? All of our friends are cancers. They don't seem to be quite as messy as me and Brenna. <laughs> I have one of my coworkers is a cancer and literally like, I think all but like three of her like houses are like cancers. So she's literally like, she's very straight and narrow. Yeah, I don't think cancers are supposed to be messy, but. So Nina stands up at the table where she's going to put the pieces together and Sarah appears telling her that this is her destiny. Then Joy teaches her the incantation that she needs to recite and Nina begins reciting it while putting the cup together. Nothing happens at first. So then she places her locket on the finished cup and it does this like swirly fancy light up thing. So they're like, okay, we did it. I also like that it's canon that it's almost 1am and they're still at prom. Well, this prom... They are really partying hard. <laughs> this prom is open later than most clubs. Also, not to like... So I was going on some tangents on my private a week or two ago. And it was something about... We're not going to... I'm not going to explain why. But somebody was like, yeah, but I don't understand why Nina assembled the cup. And I don't get it. Why did she assemble the cup? That wasn't necessary. She could have left it destroyed. I think Grace was the one who... Grace and Megan, I think, both brought up the fact she assembled the cup when it wasn't necessary. Grace and Megan were on the same wavelength. I actually quite literally had the note, and this is a recurring theme in this part of the episode. I don't know why I had a lot of the notes that had already been written. We're all morphing into each other, but Grace and Megan, we are one. I literally had the note. Why is she even doing this? It, there's no like logical reason for her to assemble the cup, but I think it's like symbolically the end of this quest that they've been on. Like, I feel like they felt like they needed to do it to like officially be like, okay, we did it. We like the we solved the mystery. The quest was long and difficult. We saw treasure. <laughs> the treasure was you, but also finishing this cup for no reason. <laughs> Don't you hate when you? And also, I think Sarah cup. was kind of peer pressuring her. Sarah kept coming in like, <laughs> Ghost and being like, "This is your destiny. You are the chosen one. Put together the cup. Go, Sarah. Leave me alone." You must hide it. Don't when you hate when like ghosts of like ninety year old women come and haunt you when you're just trying to vibe at your prom. 
<laughs> I'm going to need the other siders to come check out Anubis' house. <laughs> the crossover we deserve. Just as Nina puts the cup together, Rufus emerges out of nowhere and grabs Amber. He explains that he had the antidotes, so that's why he's still alive, but he has the queen, the queen bug fly thing in his hand and he'll shove it up Amber's ear if anyone tries to stop him. So Amber screams, as anyone who is facing death would do, and this wakes Victor up. Um, once again, this is a kid show and we're uh, threatening to kill the kids. I don't know why I tacked my note onto yours, but I just put, I love that Victor went to bed. Victor was like sad and he was just like, yeah. I'm going to go go to bed in my office where I sleep sitting up i also wrote i think my brain at this point because i had made a note about nobody no crime about five (laughs) minutes before this said everyone took out a big insurance policy because i think rufus referred to the queen bug as his insurance policy and i was like his mistress took out a big life insurance policy not everyone did rufus did i don't know (laughs) my brain was just singing at this point no thoughts head empty only taylor swift felt that Committee murder. Only murder Taylor Swift. Love murder Taylor Swift. It's a very specific genre, but I'm here for it. So Rufus orders Nina to hand him the cup, and then he demands Fabian to pour the rest of the elixir in it. He drinks the whole thing just as Victor gets downstairs, and Victor is devastated as Rufus places the cup into the fireplace. Victor doesn't understand why Rufus turned on him when they could have shared all of this, but Rufus says he always had bigger plans. He decided to go at it alone when he realized the true meaning of tipping the scales. He asks if anyone is feeling poorly and suddenly Alfie passes out. Rufus explains the symbolic life force isn't symbolic and that Alfie is going to die so that he can live forever. It's a lot happening in the scene. Um, I mainly want to like know why Rufus turned on Victor. Like, I know there were some disagreements with their like little cult thing, but I, I don't see how, how like them sharing the elixir was going to affect anyone. Like they could both have eternal life and it would be fine. So I, I brought this up on Twitter the other day, but like in Touchstone of Raw, Victor says it's his destiny to like basically prevent like the end of the world with like the whole touchstone thing. And I think Rufus just wanted eternal life because like he wants the power and he wants like, I don't want to call it the glory. He wants world domination. Mm-hmm. We think that a lot of people too. Where is I don't necessarily think Victor's evil. I think Victor's doing a lot of things for Lake. And I think when I sent you guys my whole theory on maybe Victor was trying to get eternal life just so he could assure he was still alive to like defeat Raw or whatever. Mm. Is I think Brenna had said something like he's trying to finish what his father started, but like, which makes sense and it checks out, but it's like that's his motives are not in my opinion victor's motives are never really evil they're just they're questionable but not evil yeah and he didn't think he was gonna kill the kids either no i think deep down victor cares about the kids even if he's Mm -hmm. like weird about it like he tries to protect them and i think that's why he does he definitely does really confusing because i do truly believe they had joy pulled from the school to protect her yeah and like that's a hard thing to say or even see because like Obviously, it was not good for her. No, it was not. And, like, there's no way, and I don't want to say there's no way. Um, but, like, because we don't know that, even though now rewatching it and rewatching it slowly, I firmly believe that's why she was whisked away suddenly was for her own protection. Not that we will ever get, like, verbal confirmation of that. But, like. But it makes sense if they think she's the chosen one and they think because she's the chosen one that people are going to be after her. Especially because yeah. they, like, know that Rufus would be after her. Exactly, yeah, and that would be bad for her. Yeah. So Rufus runs out 
and Fabian tells Alfie he can stop play acting now. He explains to everyone that he gave Rufus a fake elixir and threw out the real one. And then Nina goes, you're a genius, Fabian. I love you and hugs him. And to that, I said, ma'am, you've only known him for a few months. Slow your roll. I love you, mood. Um, I also have the note of Alfie making Amber basically say she loves him like my boy. My boy knows what he's what he's trying to do. I said, yikes, Alfie, I don't like it. I don't need to get too into it. But, like, Alfie pretending he's dying and using that to try to get Amber to agree to go out with him. I do not like it. It is Stevie. I'm not a fan. I mean, I agree. I'm also not a fan. I just like that. I, again, have said that Alfie's my own problematic fave, but there's very specific moments in which Alfie is being a problematic fave and... This is a major one of them. Do not try to manipulate girls into dating you because you're pretending to die. Period. Also, I also love Fabian. I I also love Fabian. Mood. Yeah. Actually. And Brad, for that matter. I do love Brad. Brad's our best friend. <laughs> <laughs> We're besties. <laughs> Brad, come back to the podcast. We love you. So Victor is sad and he makes his way back up to his office. Then Sabuna goes back upstairs and they meet in the foyer. And they're all like, wow, we did it. So Fabian takes Nina's hand and they're about to go to the dance. But then Nina hears Sarah's voice telling her it's not over. So she tells the others that she needs to go and she'll meet them at the prom. Sarah, go Sarah. It's like no flirting right now. She literally pops up when Nina's trying to flirt with Fabian. It's like, nah, you need to go do that. (laughs) (laughs) Go Sarah. Stop being a cockblock. Like, let Nina have a good time for five seconds. God, go Sarah. (laughs) Also, Nina... Like, was acting like it was weird that Patricia and Fabian didn't know what the hell she was talking about. Like, does she still think that everyone else can hear ghosts, Sarah? Like, does she think they all can see ghosts? Maybe. Just Anubis things. Just Anubis things. Being visited by ghosts. dragging Fabian out and making him go. I loved it. Fabisha? That is her prom date, after all. (laughs) Fabisha forever. (laughs) She's like, this is my chance. (laughs) Get my prom date back. (laughs) So Nina walks back down into the cellar and asks Sarah what's happening. She says to take the cup. So Nina grabs it from the now turned off fireplace thing. Sarah says that now that the curse has been broken, her and her parents can rest in peace. And then we see like Sarah and the Frobisher smiles like kind of fade into the background. And Sarah's like, hide the cup and keep it safe. They can rest in peace until season three and Robert needs to roll off again. Oh, snap. (laughs) You're right and you should say it. So Nina makes it back to the prom as Amber gets on stage to announce prom king and queen that she chose because there wasn't enough time to vote, which I guess the whole school could have voted. They were there. They were gone for like hours. They were like- at prom until like 2 a.m. <laughs> they were gone for so that- an hour because we know it's no longer the chosen hour. So Amber announces that Fabian and Nina are the winners and they walk on stage and they put on their crowns and Amber tells them to dance as a slow song starts to play. Oh, I literally just said this, but they really let them have prom till like 2 a.m. <laughs> they party oh. hard it, whatever and, the school's called. And for why? Damn, Creepy Towers party hard on a school event. <laughs> Number two, I said LMAO Alfie because when Amber was like about to announce her chosen prom king and queen, Alfie started to walk up to the stage like she was going to declare herself an Alfie prom king. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed that. Uh, third, Amber literally straight up just being like, yeah, I shipped Nina and Fabian, therefore I'm declaring them king and queen. I love that for her. Fourth, Amber told Nina to brush her hair in this moment, I don't understand, because Nina obviously did her hair, I'm confused. 
also like amber cut her some slack y'all just like y'all just, just nearly died, died. <laughs> she did not have time to brush her hair calm down <laughs> but like she obviously did her hair for the dance confused yeah it looked fine <laughs> Uh, I also I remember everyone being obsessed with this song that played when they danced. I, I don't, don't remember what it's called, but all the Fabina shippers back in the day were like, "This song, it's Fabina's song." I really don't remember the song. I only remember the half naked on my veranda song from the tour. <laughs> that was because <laughs> what song is that? They start dancing, and Nina's like, "I must look ridiculous," and then Fabian tells her that he thinks she looks beautiful. And then while they're dancing, the camera kind of like points through their arms so we can see the crowd and we see that Mikara and Amphi are also dancing and then Fabian just really wants to know what happened during the like five minutes they weren't together but Nina is still focused on Fabian calling her beautiful um and so Fabian asks again what happened and Nina says all that can wait this can't and then they kiss finally after 40 episodes wow <laughs> they kiss or 45 episodes, I don't know, a lot of episodes. <laughs> um, and then in the background of the scene, I noticed that um, Patricia and Joy are also dancing together. So, Joy, Trisha. Joy, Trisha is real forever. I said once again, I also had this note because I literally had wrote, like, we love when Joy and Patricia dance together or something. <laughs> and then Jerome is alone in the back, which is great. That's what he deserves. Well, he and... <laughs> not for long with all his hoes. <laughs> yeah. I think I had a fic idea where I was going to write about like, like a Joy fic where Jerome asks Joy to dance because they're both single at prom. So That's maybe so stay tuned. One day I'll write that. And then I just put that this scene is really cheesy, but I love it and I love them. And it, I was just happy watching this. Like it's again, like what Emily was saying before about like the cheesy teen stuff. Like it just hits good. It it's just hits feels. good. It's the feel. Damien yeah. was being so corny, but it was cute. And I love that everyone at the school apparently shits Fabina because they were all really happy that they kissed. So then Nina and Fabian are beaming because they just finally kissed after all this tension. And then the they're like staring lovingly into each other's arms and the camera pans down their bodies until we're suddenly under the stage where we see the cup, the cup of ink where Nina has hidden it. And that's the end of season one. How'd she get it there? I don't, that's a great question. Nina <laughs> just crawled under the stage in the middle. She probably got it the same way that Alfie got his rose petals. We'll never know. <laughs> Maybe that's why Amber said she should brush her hair. Also, <laughs> yes, um, she... we don't need to get into it, but season one, Fabina hit so hard. Hit so hard. They truly are the cutest people I've ever seen. Yeah. Like, I was looking through, when we were taking a little break, I was looking through my old tweets, because um, by the time the last week of episodes aired, I was caught up. So I was watching them live, and I was looking at my live tweets, and I was just tweeting about Fabina a lot, like, more than I remember. <laughs> yeah, I was like, damn, so, Brenna, you love Fabina. <laughs> like, it was just lots of Fabina, so... Season one Fabina just hits different. Um, also, so even though this is the official ending of season one, there actually is a deleted scene for season one. Um, so the way it was accessed is you had to play the Secrets Within game on Nick.com. And if you won the game, you got to see the deleted scene. And then it was on YouTube. It might still be on YouTube. We couldn't find it, but I had it downloaded. So we also watched the scene just like about 30 minutes ago. And uh, anyone have any thoughts on, the, on this deleted Moy scene? Moy is real. I love Moy. Uh, there's a little <laughs> moment, and that's the only thing I remembered about this deleted scene from watching it back in the day, was that there's this little moment where Mick is asking, uh, Joy and Patricia walk in, and then Mick looks at them and asks Amber and Mara, oh, is that Joy? And they like kind of do this little like glance and look at each other, and I think Joy waves, and I was like, wow, Liz rent-free in my mind. I love Moy. Moy Castle. Moy Castle forever. <laughs> the thing that sticks out to me about this scene is the pacing. 
Like Jason yeah. like excitedly walks up to Patricia and Joy and is like, I'm so happy to see you or something like that. And I'm like, sir, sir. And then Patricia like sasses him out, obviously, because she's like, y'all, you almost killed me, basically. Um, yeah. And it's also like you abandoned me when you were on my team and then you joined their team. So yeah. So if you could, if you could find this scene on YouTube, go check it out. Oh, it's that's funny. The thing about Alyssa Fairs. <laughs> We also get some JB in. Brad would love that. He loves the JB in. Joy's like, yeah, Nina, I'm coming for Nina's man. She straight up said that. It was hilarious. Like, yeah. it. We're not even joking. She's she like, really the new girl better watch out. watch out. And you know, that honestly explains so much of her. There's like, also some Amphi, which I feel like two. explains season two because Alfie's like, you want to be my girlfriend? Amber's like, uh, sure, but like next term, not right now. <laughs> she was like, we need a trial run next term. So there's a lot to unpack in that scene. That Wait, explains. this also confirms they said next term. The deleted scene confirmed our bullshit all along. Oh. They didn't say next you. year, which they would say if it was about to be summer, they said next term. Thank you. Thank you for the gift. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So for the brain cell, I put Fabian for swapping out the elixir. And then, like, bonus points to Alfie for, like, playing along with it and pretending to play dead when he probably had no idea and he, like, realized what happened and just, like, went along with it. So go yeah, Alfie. I did some shady shit with the Amber thing I'm not happy about, but it was good for Alfie to pretend to play dead only for the mystery. Yeah. <laughs> not good for his relationship, but good for the mystery. And then Fabina gets shipped. Like, you have to give it to Fabina. This was their moment. This was their episode. That's why I didn't give it to them earlier in my episode where they were also being cute. Because they just can't have it three yeah. weeks in a row. Fabina, good for you. You're cute. I love you. Anyway. All right. So for this week, instead of playing a game, we thought to wrap up season one that we would award superlatives. So I put out a bunch of different superlative categories on our Instagram earlier today. And I asked for everyone to like send in who you would nominate for each category. And y'all pulled through. Lots of people responded. And so we're going to go through those. Um, categories and let you know who won slash uh, if we agree with you or not. <laughs> so the first one is Class Clown and overwhelmingly everyone said Alfie. There was like a few for Jerome, but it was pretty much Alfie and I think that checks out. That checks. Alfie is our favorite. Goofy. Funny. I love him. So then the second one is Cutest Couple. And there are definitely a lot of different random ones in here. Some of you were putting season two stuff, and I put on my slide only season one because season one superlatives. But I think f- it looks like Fabina probably got the most votes on here. There are a few Amphi, a few Mick and Maras. Thank you for the people who put Mick and Mara. Um, Sarah put Jamber. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Jamber forever. I agree, Sarah. Okay, but like, let's be real here. In a real high school, Jamber would probably get nominated. Honestly, that's true. Yeah. Season two, Jamber would get nominated because logically they should be dating. Okay, logically they should. De- What's about a plot in Girl Meets the World where Lucas and Maya got nominated as cutest couple, even though they were in dating and there was drama? That would be a plot on House of Lucas. <laughs> Am that. I wrong? That would be. What did I say? I think I said Makara. You put all of our crack ships, but probably Fabina or Makara. Oh, <laughs> is your favorite answer Victor Colbier? Morbier forever. That's a good one, but my favorite answer was whoever put illicit affairs plays in the background. <laughs> 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 so thank no. you we love an inside joke <laughs> we love this podcast joke yeah because then she corrected she put another one she was like jokes Fabina won season season one so I think overall based on these votes it looks like there's mostly Fabina which is fair they're, they're like icons of season one 
Now I want to write a fic where Jamber wins cutest couple in the school yearbook. Need- do it. Do it. But it has to be set during season two. Yeah, during season two after oh, wait. the ping pong thing. There's another good one. It says, has to be Patricia and her band boyfriend. Cough, cough, Eddie. Cough, cough. <laughs> <laughs> See, like, that okay. one I'll accept because you didn't just say Petty. You said Patricia and her band boyfriend, which is a season one reference. So <laughs> I love the references that are, like, blatant references, not only to the show, but to the pod. It, yeah, it makes I'm me like, y'all are paying attention. You guys are referencing, like, a list of fairs, us being like, LOL, Patricia and her band boyfriend, <laughs> Oh, someone put Mick Burr, too. I like that. They're cute. They I also would have won cutest couple. Nick were definitely yeah. won cutest couple when they were dating. <laughs> they definitely did. Um, next, I was most athletic. Uh, obviously, Mick won. It was mostly Mick. <laughs> did um, say anything that wasn't Mick? <laughs> someone put TBH Sabuna always running. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was really funny. Um, someone put Fabian, which is hilarious. We got a Patricia. Um, That's a season two reference. Mick featuring his sweat. <laughs> <laughs> And someone put Trudy, too. <laughs> but yeah, Mick overwhelmingly won that one. Okay, next is Most Changed. Now, this one, there was, like, it was pretty across the board. Oh, we got, like, Amber, Patricia, Mara, Joy or Mara, Patricia, Nina from America, Patricia, Jerome, Jerome or Patricia, Fabian, Amber, Patricia. Maybe it's Patricia. I think there's mostly Patricias. Like, Patricia that or Amber. In the, Amber also checks. I feel like in, if we're talking only season one... I'd give it to Patricia. Yeah, it looks like Patricia and Amber had the most. I think Patricia may have had like a few more, but it would have been one of those two. Which feels, that feels right. It feels yeah. right for season one. Uh, the next one is most likely to succeed. Um, I think this one was mostly Mara's. <laughs> That's awesome, Jax. But there was a few like Fabian, Jerome, Patricia, uh, Amber, but some of Nina. I don't know if I'd agree with Nina. <laughs> Alfie. <laughs> but it was mostly Mara. <laughs> Amara Czech, school representative, valedictorian. Yeah. Not yet, but like. Yeah. And then best dressed. I think overwhelmingly people put Amber. I put Mara because I love her outfits. That's fair. I like her outfits better in like season two and three. So I think I would give it to Amber in season one. Yeah, I'll give it to Amber. I'd go for Joy for season mm-hmm. three. Joy season three. I'm like, oh, yes. Joy for Joy season, season three. three. Okay, I I'll give Mara season two. But there are a few other ones. Like someone put Patricia, Mara, Amber, Nina, Jerome. Who is that? But Lily Jerome's black fit. Oh, Lily didn't answer any of these, I don't think. But you, we already know she would put Jerome in a black fit. <laughs> Best dress, Jerome's black fit. Um, nicest smile. This one was like really across the board. Like Nina, all of them. Jerome, Nina, Fabian. Oh, maybe it is Nina. There's a lot of Ninas. Nina, Fabian, Nina, Jerome, Nina, Jerome, Fabian, Jerome, Nina, <laughs> Nina, Nina, Nina. Okay, it's Nina. <laughs> I said Alfie. Amber, Fabian. Very biased. Mick, Alfie. There are a couple of Alfies. Mara, Patricia, Amber, Nina, Mara. I think Nina got the most, but it was there was like everyone got a little vote. They for all, that have one. Nice they all have smiles. nice smiles. I love when they're happy. Yeah. <laughs> Best duo. Let's see, Nina and Fabian. That doesn't count. They're they're like, that should that's be cutest couple. Okay. Let's see, Jerome and Alfie, Amber and Nina, Eddie and Fabian. That's no, that they were Eddie doesn't exist yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Patricia and Alfie. I, I voted for Tralfi. Alfie and Jerome. Jerome and Mara. Jerome, Patricia. Amber, Nina. Amber, Nina. I love Amber. People Nina. keep putting Fabian and Nina. Fabian oh, but okay, Emily. You also put Fabian and Nina. They're a couple, okay. Emily. Okay, but they didn't get together for the finale, so it doesn't count. Okay, okay, I, so they can be a duo. I'm Team Patralfi. <laughs> that's what I voted for. But Nina and Amber do be cute. And- yeah, it looks like it's a tie between like Amber and Nina and Jerome and Alfie. 
There are there are a handful of Fabian Aninas. <laughs> Am I the only person who voted Petrofi, y'all are fake? Oh no, there are some other Petrofis. Okay, worry. cool. I'm like somebody else needs to vote for them. I think I intended to vote Petrofi, and I think I just forgot. Best duo of season one for the laundry room scene alone. Oh, someone put Victor and Corbier. Which Victor and Corbier, I accept. I like that. They're on like another Indiana level. Nina Amber. Oh my god, they were romance, so I love that too. Jerome Patricia, love that. Yeah. Okay, so the next one was most likely to brighten your day. All of them. But I think I said Alfie. Truly. <laughs> we got Amber, Nina, Fabian, Alfie, Alfie, Trudy, Joy, Jerome, Nina, Alfie, Mara, Fabian, Rufus. Someone put Rufus in hearts. <laughs> Rufus did not brighten my day. Like, you good? Um, Alfie, Trudy, Alfie, Amber, 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 Alfie, Amber, Alfie, Alfie. It might be Alfie. Alfie. Amber, I, I Trudy, think I Fabian, Alfie. Fabian, Alfie, 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 Alfie. Yeah, I think Alfie makes me happy. But they all make me happy. I love the one person who's a Trudy stan, always sticking by Trudy. <laughs> yeah. I love the Trudy stan. Okay, and then the last category is most unique. Patricia, Patricia, Joy, Jerome, Corbier. Yeah, he's pretty unique. Um, <laughs> Alfie, Patricia, Amber, Mara, Nina, Alfie, Amber, Patricia, Patricia, Trudy. <laughs> I love Patricia, the Trudy Jerome. Stan. Amber, Jerome, Nina, and her quirky American accent. <laughs> Yeah, I... Jerome, Alfie, Patricia, 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 Patricia. I think Patricia got this one. Someone put Mr. It. Sweet. I, I mean, love that. They ain't wrong. Yes. I, I see. I wrote Nina for being American. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was another one where there was like a lot of different answers, but I think it was mostly Patricia. That checks. That makes sense. And that's it for House of Anubis season one term superlatives. We'll probably do that for the other two seasons, too. I think that was pretty fun. Oh, that would be fun, yeah, at the end of each season. Though. But this is also why you should be following us on social media, because if you're following our Instagram and our Twitter, you can catch fun things like this and potentially influence an episode. Also, that one edit that I posted that you should have hopefully watched. Because oh my god, you're so a cowboy like please- me. Yes, cowboy, the cowboy like me at it. Please go appreciate it. I worked really hard on it. And everyone, so Spotify has this new thing. It made me really hype on Friday um, when it popped up. But it has this new thing. If you go on your someone's page that you're following a podcast on Spotify, you can turn on by clicking the follow button. There should be a little thing that pops up and asks if you want to turn post notifications on. So if you want to turn post notifications for us on, on Spotify, the second it gets posted to Spotify, you'll get a notification that Anubis Backwards just posted a new episode. I turned it on for all podcasts I listened to, but I also turned it on for myself, forgot about it, and then got real hype on Friday when it told me we just posted a new episode. <laughs> I didn't, like, tell you I was finishing editing it either. I was just, like, I finished, and I was like, okay, got the ghost. <laughs> I was like, wow, and it was backwards, new episode. So if you want to get post notifications on for us, uh, you can do that on Spotify now. Fun fact. I love that. So, yeah, that's it for season one. That's it for season we're one. We're done. Really weird. I mean, we're done, but we still have to record the first half hey, of this episode. Fine. I know. We still got... Yeah, yeah. But, like... But, like, we're done. This is really weird. Um, Thank you, everyone. I'm very proud of us for finishing season one, even though we technically have one more block of it to film. But I'm very proud of us for finishing season one. Um, We would have funk it back in, like, whenever, what, like, May when we were watching... Like, when we were watching on uh, Cosme uh, season, like, marathoning all of House Manubis because we were bored, that um, we would not only start a podcast, but stick to it and finish all of season one. It's been a long yeah. 
but gray um what like six five six six months six now? months really six a long months. time of doing this for six months thank you guys for listening it's like you guys keep us going anytime we get like your comments and when you tag us and stuff and you write about us and you buy our merch it just like fuels us a little bit more and we're like we like that we're making people happy so we're excited to keep going i'm glad that people actually want to listen to us talk about house maneuvers in this year 2020 and 2021 now happy 2021 guys yeah happy 2021 (laughs) thank god (laughs) honestly happy 2021 truly yeah all right so as usual if you want to keep up with us check out our social media our Twitter is at Anubis a podcast. Our Instagram is at Anubis Backwards Pod. Our TikTok is at Anubis Backwards Pod. You can always email us Anubis Backwards Pod at gmail.com. Head over to anchor.com slash Anubis Backwards if you want to submit voice memos to be featured in an episode. And yeah, we will see you guys uh, next time. We're probably going to do a little like season one recap and also talk about Taylor Swift because it's us. And then uh, we'll get going with season two real soon. Yeah. <laughs> Bye guys, Sabuna. 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 See you in a few weeks with a new recap, but see you next week for something fun. There's so much I wanted to say. The way I see it, is there anyone there? Sabubu. 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 <laughs>